whiskey glasses poured, we're ready to go. You know, Sammy, you remind me of OT Genesis. Who's that? Both of you? Are in love with the Coco! Let's start the show! <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Drunken United Football Show, a completely biased recap of the English premiere as told by two common American schmucks. I am your host, Samuel Houston, and across the table from me is the nefarious Samuel Graham. How you doing, Sammy? Better if I didn't sip some whiskey right before you said that. <laughs> you, you and OT Genesis, man. Yeah, Gangsters, that one, I did that not rock. expect that. Not one bit. That's pretty good. Oh, we're recording at Studio H just outside our nation's capital. You can check us out on Apple Podcast or Google Play if you're a weird Android user. And now, even Spotify. If you like us, please subscribe and rate us too. Also, should you have a question, want to bust our balls, or hell, just say hi for crying out loud. You can connect with us. Sammy, tell the good people how they can get in touch with us. Absolutely. So on Instagram and Twitter, we are at DU Football Show. Uh, DU Football Show on Facebook. And to get in touch with us by email, we are dufootballshow at gmail.com. So myself and Sam both work in the wine and spirits industry. Uh, We both have a deep, passionate love for distilled spirit. So as the red-blooded Americans we are, we vow to have a drink in our hand every single show throughout its entirety. Samuel, what are we sipping on tonight? Uh, So today we have Wyoming whiskey, uh, which is a bourbon from Kirby, Wyoming. All the grains are sourced for this whiskey uh, from 200 miles around the distillery. The water source is actually directly below the still in an underground river that they access by well. Uh, Typically about $39.99 retail. Also, a fun fact about this whiskey, even though it's made in Wyoming, it is a bourbon. Uh, All whiskey uh, aged at this distillery is aged in 53-gallon barrels. Why, you ask? Because that's how bourbon's made. That's how it's done in Kentucky, that's for damn sure. And uh, this is also a weeder bourbon and what weeder means is that there's wheat in the mash build uh the best way to compare the the best comparison is is like there's coke drinkers and pepsi drinkers in the bourbon world there's maker's mark drinkers and there's woodford drinkers reason behind that maker's mark is a weeded mash build bourbon so it's corn with wheat and it's so it's a little bit softer and sweeter and then woodford reserve is a rye mash build so it's corn and rye so it's a little bit spicier Ah, there you go. Interesting, fun fact. Uh, Real quick, I'd like to take people behind the curtain for a second uh, and let you know what it's like to work with the beautiful man sitting across from me uh, and the the restraint that it takes to not giggle and laugh every five seconds. (laughs) Uh, Because as I'm reading along for our opening here, which is the only part of the show that's actually written down, um, we have uh, Apple Podcasts and on Google Play if you're a weird Android user. And now we're on Sporty. Is what's written here. (laughs) And for me to hold my laughter, I think, just shows me as a true professional. I am uh, PG County educated. Thank you very much. And I'm also the name assassin. So that's how we roll. I also want to say that admin is not our strongest suit. (laughs) Very true. Hey, uh, cheers, Sammy. Let's get this thing started. Cheers. Alrighty. So let's get into the games. I tell you. I really do not want to open with Manchester United for the third week in a row, but I try to get out, and Jose Mourinho pulls me back in. Spurs beat Manchester United in a whomping today, 3-0. It was a horrible performance from United. I, I don't know at all what their shape was. 
it appeared all the major news outlets had Ander Herrera lining up on the right side of a back three. Exactly. He's not a defender and has never played defense as far as I'm concerned. And today it showed. He didn't know where he was supposed to be. He was joining in on the attack on occasion. He was out playing right back at certain moments and never really in position for what he wanted to do. And it showed that the other two uh, defenders didn't trust him. Well, uh, your your buddy, Mr. August, scored another goal, became winner. But really, the whole thing was a tale of two halves. Uh, the first half was a little helter-skelter, you know, not really uh, decent play from either side. Uh, Tottenham tried to gift Manchester United the lead, but your old boy Lukaku um, just put it wide for whatever reason after rounding the goalkeeper. Oh, it was a Christmas present, absolutely. That was terrible. Uh, Danny Rose with a horrendous back pass, and that's something I don't think you'll see him do too often this season. <laughs> no. <laughs> Um, but I, I mean, it just, the second half, one team talk worked, the other team talk didn't. And you saw Tottenham come out refreshed, renewed, and completely dominated that second half. Uh, I'm not convinced that Spurs can do it the whole season. Cause I think ultimately the longevity of the season and the amount of contests that they're playing in and just December alone will get them. But I was completely wrong. I thought they'd lose some points in here somewhere. I thought they'd draw a couple of games. I didn't expect them to come out of the gate uh, three and zero, and they're 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 cruising right now. As much as it pains to say me, and it does pain me tremendously, they have a good squad. They're world class players of that club. Yes, they're tired. They, and I don't wish this on any player, regardless of if they're my rivals or not. I don't want anyone to get hurt, but there will be injuries. Uh, when we come to the Christmas period, it, they're just, they can't put their bodies through this much football and not get hurt. Okay, so sure, we can keep talking about the game, but really, come on. We know what we got to talk about. Is it now full blown panic mode at Manchester United? Is this going to be the Chelsea like implosion Mourinho had, what was about four seasons ago? where they found themselves sitting in 17th place at one point? Absolutely. This is full-blown panic mode. They're going to need to do something and do it quickly, or else they will be the ones that fall out of the top four, and it's going to spell trouble for that club that already doesn't want to spend a super amount of money anymore. I mean, they said it this summer. There's a limited transfer kitty, uh, and if they don't make the Champions League, that transfer kitty is going to be even more limited next season. Absolutely. Absolutely. Do you um, do you think that now, officially, Mourinho's on the hot seat? Or do you think he's got at least September to get himself out of it? I think he was in the hot seat when the season began because of the comments he was making about the board prior to the start of the season. And then with this poor start to the season, I think it's just more intense now. Um, he will get through the next month or two. I tipped Neil Warnock to be the first manager sacked. We might be watching my first wrong prediction of the season. I uh, I said David Wagner, and yeah, I could yeah, I could be Mourinho. Absolutely, absolutely. could be Mourinho. With, with their lofty standards, th- this is unacceptable from arguably the biggest club in the world. So, kids, this isn't La Liga for a reason. In the EPL, you've got to earn points. And I'll tell you what, a couple of top teams got points this week, but they certainly didn't have an easy go of it. We had uh, Liverpool taking on the high-flying Manchester United upsetting Brighton, and they beat them 1-0. 
Yeah, I mean, Brighton gave a, another great account of themselves. Willing to fight. They soaked up pressure pretty well. Um, there was a few times Liverpool threatened. Mo Salah doesn't look to have hit his full stride yet, um, despite scoring the goal, obviously. Um, but he still looked off the pace uh, to an extent this this game. Um, but Brighton, brave, compact, organized. They had a few chances themselves, actually tested Allison this game, and Allison was up to the task, um, which was good to had see. had a really good game. Matt Ryan had a couple of uh, Matt Ryan too. was absolutely brilliant. I mean, it could have been 3-0, um, but Matt Ryan really did step up. You're absolutely right about that. I mean, Liverpool's going to have chances. Um, not not saying that them being off the pace, you know, blah, blah, blah. They, they still created a fair few chances. It is still Brighton. Um, but they gave a great account of themselves. I was really proud of them, to be honest, and I'm not a Brighton supporter, obviously. Uh, Ali, Ali was okay. You know, Ali, Ali McBeal. McBeal. Yeah, 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 yeah. The uh, Liverpool goalie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He did a nice job this time. So, um, Liverpool, another quote-unquote gutsy win. What they couldn't seem to do last year. If they were in a dogfight against a lesser opponent – they typically found a way to cough up points as in either a draw or heck even lose. And this is two weeks in a row of not exactly everything flowing the way the offense wanted it to with yet another win. Yeah. So I think, I don't think the defense is truly sorted yet, but you can see the confidence that the defense has in their goalkeeper. When you don't have confidence in your goalkeeper, you try to, do too much. I mean, you, it's possible to try and do too much. You overplay, end up giving the ball away in a bad spot, making a tackle you shouldn't make and giving away a free kick or a penalty, or diving in on something that you, you have no business diving in on when you should contain. And they don't seem to be doing that th- now. Uh, they seem to have rectified that because they have complete confidence in the man in the back. You know, it is really hard when that pesky ball gets kicked right at you directly into your hands. I mean, that's that's hard to hold on to. That's as a goalie, those are some real challenges. Also, I mean, when you roll the ball, I mean, you don't see like who's directly in front of you and roll it right at them. I mean, right, those leave, kind of things happen. Loris Karius is off to Besiktas in Turkey. Leave him be. He's out of the country for two years. It's all right. How pissed off is uh, uh, Simon Millionaire? Knowing uh, that now Min- he's Minule? Hey, name assassin. Settle down. I know it. Uh, um, Simone Millionaire is doing all right, I guess. Uh, <laughs> well, no, now, he now probably he's the is backup, very pissed so off. So he knows yeah. he's definitely well, not playing. First off, he was the backup to Loris Carius, yeah. <laughs> Patty Cake Man. Um, but he no, he's he should be pissed off. Um, but he wasn't good enough. He, the only person he should be mad at is, is himself. So you talked a little bit about the confidence of the defense. Is this Liverpool defense for real? I'm not convinced yet. I'd like to see them come up against Spurs or come up against uh, City again this year and see what happens. Um, or even a derby match against United or Everton. Uh, you mm-hmm. know, I, I would like to see them truly tested because in these early goings, they haven't really played, you know, one of the upper echelon of the league yet. So uh, in the other game that was a team having a fight for points, uh, surprisingly bumping the road for Manchester City, 1-1 draw at, at Wolves. Yeah, now you bring up City. I do want to point out real quick, and we've mentioned this on this show before, that Ederson said last season that if he could play and he could probably perform well in midfield for Manchester City. Mm -hmm. That's how confident he is in his footwork. Right. Did you see Allison pop the ball over Knockhart 
against Brighton as Knockhart was bearing down after a short back pass. Challenge, Ederson. Show me up. <laughs> yeah, they, uh, even... God, I can't believe I'm crediting a stupid red. But yeah, a red. Anyway, it was pretty sick. Yeah, it was pretty good. Uh, anyway, back to Wolves and City. Um, I think uh, Wolves just came out stronger. They uh, City may have underestimated them being newly promoted, uh, maybe not done their homework, uh, which you wouldn't expect from a Pep Guardiola side. You would have expected him to to run over them with a fine-tooth comb, you know, before the match. But again, the Molyneux was rocking. You know, it's an intimidating atmosphere. I don't care who you are. And then you have Patricio making that amazing save. And then, you know... That could be save the season already. Yeah. I mean, brilliant. As good as Pickford's save was last week, that was better. Yeah, but Pickford's young. (laughs) Yeah. And strong and (laughs) cat-like. Patricio's save was sick. Yeah, and he's like 34 35 or something crazy. And uh, speaking as a former goalkeeper, uh, the goalpost is a keeper's best friend. Was it yeah. three off the pipes there for us? Uh, oh, City? yeah. But one of them intentionally turned onto the post. The the free kick that you're talking about yeah. was, wow. that was brilliant. So how Wolves played City, is this a blueprint to how to shut City down? Or is this, hey, Rockin' Stadium, keeper had a great day. All the bounces went your way. You got away with... Oh, and also, let's face it, you got away with a handball for a goal. Is it just everything bounced Wolves' way, or is this a legitimate way to beat them? I think, more or less, the balls just bounced Wolves', wolves way. They are a good team. They will cause problems for a lot of people in this league, but this is, and I'll say it again, probably the best team in Europe in Manchester City. Um Three off the pipe, so really you count that four to one. It's a bit of a drubbing in it. So yeah. I, I I don't think that this is the blueprint. You can't rely on luck to win a, a, a football match. You have to go out. You have to play. You have to try and frustrate the opposition, which to a certain extent they did, sure. But City still carved out their chances, and Wolves got lucky. Yeah, it's both both of those games uh, could have easily been. Three or four nil for for both uh, Liverpool and City. It just happened to be the way the ball bounced this week for them. It just didn't necessarily go their way. Yeah, exactly. And the the marking on that free kick was uh, wasn't good um, for Manchester City. Now the referees did miss it. There was a hint of offside. I think it's fair to let that go. Mm-hmm. Um, it was marginal, but uh, but hitting the hand, it was the referee was on the opposite side, so it may have looked as though it glanced off his forehead. But the 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 assistant was on the hand side and should have seen what happened uh, he even, and didn't. He even jumped up, looked around for a second to see if the handball got called, and then started celebrating. Yeah, absolutely. Some of the games this weekend got a little chippy, um, as we saw more red cards, and impact players were clearly focused on by the opposition. Uh, the first game we're going to get into could have easily been in the first segment as well, as... Chelsea and Newcastle uh, faced each other, and Chelsea won 2-1, to one, and all the action happened in the last 10 minutes. Yeah, it was a very chippy, odd game. Nobody ever really got going. Um, Newcastle did well to frustrate uh, Chelsea, and, and then moving forward, they stayed compact, oftentimes with nine outfield players behind the ball, occasionally ten outfield players behind the ball. 
obviously your goalkeeper is going to be behind the ball unless it's in the back of the net. Right. Um, <laughs> but uh, what surprised me was the dropping of Jamal Lascelles. Uh, apparently, in training this week, uh, he refused to play on the right side of a back three um, uh, system that Rafa wanted to use. So Rafa dropped him and yeah. made a statement. Said, "I don't care if you're the captain. I don't care who you think you are. I run this club." And and he said it. He said it even in his, in his post presser. He said, "Look, um, the system. He didn't want to be part of that system. So we removed him for the week. He'll be back in the lineup next week." Yeah. You know? It was clearly he felt against Chelsea. That was the line he wanted to run with because the back three. When we say it's a back three, really it's a back five. You have two wingers that come back as well. So essentially, what you're doing is yeah, making defensively a it's a back huge... five. Offensively, it's a back three. And right. those those quote unquote wing backs. Do just that. They play both the wing and outside back. Right, but when you're playing a uh, when you're playing a stronger team, those wing backs don't tend to get up the field as much. It's more, hey, we want to slow down the likes of uh, Willian and Hazard. Which Correct. it's it's funny. Um, back when Shaquille O'Neal played in the NBA, uh, teams used to foul him to put him on the foul line because they know he can miss, and they would call it hack a shack. Um, I think Newcastle did their own version, a hack a shack on Eden Hazard the entire game. They, how, how many how many yellow cards were in that game? Uh, three for how, Newcastle. How many yellow cards should have been given in that game? Uh, I on my notes here I wrote down 107. You know that would be like um, doing quick PG County math, like everybody getting sent off the field like six times, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it would. Uh, actually, just about 10. If okay. you add in three more, all 11 <laughs> players getting 10 cards. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's, um, that's about what they deserved. Uh, at least three players deserve 15 each. They were just kicking them off the park. It was ridiculous. Yeah, every time he touched the ball, he was on the ground. Um, kind of in the, the, the manner in which you've said as a defender, it's the man or the ball, never both. Get well, they were just you, yeah. decided neither are getting past me. <laughs> You're not going anywhere. You're in not fact, even going to receive the ball. <laughs> tell me how the dirt tastes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm going to just go through you. Um, no, it, that's exactly right. I mean, and, it, and to be honest with you, it worked. I mean, it finished nil-nil at the half. They were basically halting the point of attack from Chelsea. Uh you know, nobody else on the field creates as much as Hazard. Nobody else is as dangerous as Hazard and as important to that team. I know they have good players. I know they have game changers in their squad. But on a regular, consistent basis, game in, game out, week after bloody week, nobody is more important to Chelsea than Eden Hazard on the same level that nobody is as important to uh, to Crystal Palace as Wilfred Zaha. Yeah, same, same sort of uh, 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 comparison there. Woefully dreadful match until right at the end. I mean, all the goals came in what the last ten minutes of the game. Yeah, absolutely. Um, a brilliant cross from DeAndre Yedlin, uh, and for Hosolu to steal in in front of David Luiz, who I decided to again take a nap. No. I mean, these are very common themes throughout. Defenses fall <laughs> asleep frequently. Um, David Luiz, you know, just didn't move. Hosolu stole in, bullet header, uh, even though it was just on a flick. That's how much pace Yedlin put it in with uh, and beat Keppa the keeper at his near post. Yeah. So um, Hazard, um, with one eye on Spain, let's, you know, let's not sugarcoat it. He wants to go to Madrid. And with having one eye on Spain, 
and playing in such a physical league as the EPL, do you think teams are just going to start to target him a la how teams targeted Neymar in the World Cup? Like, we're just going to put him on his butt the whole game and, and frustrate the hell out of him. Yeah, now he doesn't roll around. He's an, um, an experienced, mature player. He doesn't get roped into things. He'll deal with it appropriately as long as someone doesn't actually hurt him. Uh, other than that, yes, I do think that. Um, most of the teams at the bottom of the league, what they lack for in talent, they make up in physicality. You look at Huddersfield, kicks people off the park. You look at Cardiff, kicks people off the park. Right. And a lot of teams, especially those flair players, can't handle it. Somebody like Eden Hazard, I think, will. Well, it's uh, it, it's why I said earlier it's hard to get points in the English Premier League because you will see throughout this season, you'll see a Brighton knock off a of Manchester United. You'll see a Cardiff beat a, a Tottenham or a Chelsea at home. It it will happen. These, uh, these, quote, smaller clubs that come from the championship that are just big, mean, physical teams – Will will definitely wear down and frustrate a bigger side. Absolutely, and if you can get somebody a, a quick yellow, especially at the back, somebody like David Luiz, who's known to put in a rash tackle, or you know, um, Rudiger did well this game to not get roped into any of that. But those sorts of players, um, if you can put them on the back foot and get them a quick yellow, they have to be careful the rest of the game. You can really target them and have a go at them. And a lot of these smaller teams do that. So you mentioned this uh, already. You said Wolford Zaha. So that leads us into our next game where um, Watford, 3-0, and as I told you, the first five games of the season, Watford is the best club in the English Premier League every single season. <laughs> um, Wolford Zaha's uh, Palace lose to Watford 2-1, to and they took the same page out of the out of the Newcastle book. Zaha spent most of the first half on the ground. Yeah, they did, Crystal Palace didn't uh, – I'm sorry, Watford did much of the same thing. Um, against Crystal Palace with kicking Zaha around uh, around the park. Um, Etienne Capu was a surprise for me. He doesn't normally put himself about, but I guess he's still pissed off and somebody has to pay for, for him getting step on, uh, stepped on <laughs> last weekend. Um, and what a counterattack that he started. Oh, yeah. Whoa, it was brilliant. Uh, to find Pereira on the edge of the box like that, the run was absolutely amazing. Um, and what a finish from Pereira again. Three three goals from him now. Yeah. Yeah, three goals from him. It was just an awesome, awesome finish. The um I, I found the difference between a young player and an experienced player. Hazard gets knocked around the pitch, handles it, keeps getting up, keeps going. Zaha gets raked down the back of his legs, five minutes later, gets a yellow card on Kapu because he tackles Kapu hard because why? Because Kapu knocked him around a little bit. Correct. Didn't react very well to, to I guess, uh, quote-unquote gamesmanship. No, exactly. I mean, it happened to me. You, you have to do what you have to do. I mean, you need to protect yourself if the referee's not going to call it. You know, you, you have to, if you don't feel like justice was done, you go out and it's essentially street justice at that point. I've done it. Everybody's done it. You need to not get roped into that. You need to keep your head and you're only hurting your team by picking up a yellow. Well, and if you do instigating, and we'll get we'll get to the next game and the instigation as well, but just from our own experience when we played, I mean, if somebody, as I as a keeper, if somebody stood in front of me when there was a free kick or a corner kick and leaned up against me to try to impede me, very simple. I just reached down and grabbed their butt. I pinched their butt. <laughs> I'd slap them on their butt. I'd be like, wow, you're cute. Oh, they'd get off of me real quick. Uh, yeah, exactly. Put them know? right off. Yeah, 100%. 
Um, I do also want to mention uh, a quick shout out to the shot cross from Jose Holovas. <laughs> he, he admitted afterwards all he was just trying to do was put it in. Put his it face. in the back stick. Yeah, had no no, just didn't mean to do it. Didn't want to do it. He's just trying to cross the ball. Happened to catch the keeper out and he put a little too much bend on it. Caught the upper uh, the top corner. Looked brilliant. But I didn't mean to do that. And Hennessy's got to do better with that. He's an experienced international goalkeeper. He should know better. He's got to. You got to get your hands on that thing. He was playing for what was supposed to happen, <laughs> right? Yeah. And uh, Jose Halavas mishit it, and it happened to go in the back of the net. So, um, yet again, a short-sighted Everton takes the lead, only to give it away. Um, Sammy, I told you again. Correct prediction from me, not from you, was that. Everton loves to give away points when they go to Bournemouth and play at the Vitality Stadium. Apparently they do. Um, and really being 2-0 up, you should have saw that game out. You're an experienced side, and you should have been able to get it done. Uh, however, Bournemouth have been playing lights out at the start of the season. I mean, there's not a lot you can do about that. Um, I do want to say... Bournemouth loves coming back at the Vitality. Um, you, your team, knows that. Yeah, it's true. Liverpool. We knows had that three three or four four, whatever yeah. it was last season. Um, uh, last they, season or season before, was they nuts. beat Liverpool three two. I want to say uh, two seasons ago as well, with with Liverpool leading two nothing with ten minutes left in the match. It's just what Bournemouth does at the Vitality Stadium. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I do want to say uh, before uh, you get on me about it, because I know you're going to the pace of Theo Walcott is what created that goal. A perfectly, weighted pass from Sheik, <laughs> a perfectly weighted pass from Sheikh Tosun. I'm going to stay focused here in professional. <laughs> uh, Sheikh Tosun's pass was absolutely spot on. You couldn't pass the ball better than that. That was fantastic. Doing all the right things again as a, as a striker. He hasn't gotten in the back of the net yet, but he's doing all the hard work. He's putting in great passes. Um, I believe he was also the person who led the pass that eventually led to um, the red card on the Boardmouth side for Smith. But yes. before we talk about his red card, we got to talk about Richarlison's head card yep. instigated by one Mr. Smith. So where the experience and maturity of Eden Hazard stopped him from getting sent off after being kicked about the park, Richarlison wasn't kicked about the park just yet, not fully, and then gets roped in to a horrendous flick of the head, which is seen as, you know, serious foul play or an obscene gesture, which are two sending off offenses. Again, much like the uh, red card we talked about last week that was given to Palace for kind of barely clipping the guy. You look at this one and you go, man, I would have just liked you to flat out really headbutt him. Because yeah. all he did was put his head next to him and just nudge him a little. And of course, Smith. That, you know, I uh, grabbed his head and was like, look at me, look at me. I got hit in the head. It well, was like, you know what? You to, got his credit, the head. to his credit, at least he didn't go down and roll around like Neymar. Yeah, that's true. I'll give him that much. He stayed on his feet. Or or, uh, or uh, Joey Barton when he played for Newcastle against uh, yeah. Arsenal yeah. with, with uh, Javinho. Oh, I hate him. Um, so with that being said, Richarlison, um, again, seemingly doing everything right as a brand new Evertonian, uh, took to Twitter and very simply said, I know I've made a mistake. There's some lessons to be learned. I am learning the hard way. I apologize to my club, teammates, and fans. And then he had a bunch of uh, little blue balls behind it, too, to represent blue. Yeah, I mean, it's nice to see the boy take responsibility. It, you know, for 
it's better than him standing up and saying, you know, I don't know why it was sent off. It's not my fault. Um, it was nice to see him stand up, you know, for the club, uh, take responsibility with his teammates, and show that he's not just there to score goals and collect a check. He's in it with his heart. Uh, we saw it with the way he acts towards his fans, uh, you know, giving a, a young disabled kid or just a kid in general his jersey after a match. Yep. Um, you know, the, the guy, by all accounts, like I said last week, is a good bloke off the field. Um, and and just showed it again. Uh, you know, he's going to get more mature at 21 years old. It's a little difficult, you know, at times to keep your head in a raucous atmosphere. What are you going to do? And uh, Bernard finally got his uh, first start on the wing, which was nice. So, um, hey. Kevin Morales who? Yeah, exactly. You lose you lose uh, Richarlison for three because of the, because of the um, red card, but there's actual depth there. It's not, hey, let's take a number 10 and put him out on the wing like they did all of last season. Correct. A real quick mention for uh, Michael Keane. Yes, absolutely. Bro- brilliant goal. Excellent to create uh, a yard for himself to get up and get that header. Um, but that horrific clash of heads. Hairline fracture. It, it looked more like um, the fall is what really did it to him. Not so much the the connection of heads with Ghana. It looked like when he hit the ground, his head hit the ground hard. Yeah, it was not good to see. I didn't like the fact that he didn't move afterwards. You always look for a player... As much as we all get irritated by the rolling around and, and those sorts of things on seemingly innocuous stuff, whenever something bad happens like this, you want to see a player move, grab something. He just laid there with his hands over his, you know, kind of stomach chest area there. They put his hands there. They didn't move. He didn't move again. And it was them and that's who the put type their of, hands yeah, there. And that's the type of stuff that makes you nervous. And you just hope for him and, and hope he comes back stronger, better. Um you know, in the future, he's a great player. He plays with his heart on his sleeve, gives all for the club. He's a good, promising young English center back. Uh, and I, I wish him all the best. So in our weekly installment of, Oh, so that happened. We have Lester beating Southampton two to one. We have Fulham scoring a bunch of goals, beating Burnley four to two. And we have Huddersfield town, in a scoreless draw with Cardiff City. Yeah, so in nope. that... Nope. Nope. What? No, I told you. We're, we're not talking about those games. Screw it. We're talking about whiskey. All right. Fair enough. All right. We're drinking whiskey. I don't want to talk about Huddersfield and uh, Cardiff City. I just I just don't. Um, so things to uh, know about whiskey. We're, I'm going to assume people are novice and don't know a ton or maybe just have uh, by the way you can ask us questions about this too we'll gladly answer them um, besides both being raging alcoholics we both uh, you know happen to know a thing or two about this I'm a nice alcoholic not a raging one <laughs> yeah just kidding everyone drink responsibly <laughs> exactly so um, I always like to break down whiskey into five things that you should remember now there's a lot of other rules but if you remember these five things I think you'll uh, you'll have a good understanding. First and foremost, whiskey comes from somewhere. So Irish whiskey comes from Ireland. Scottish whiskey comes from Scotland. Canadian whiskey comes from Canada. American whiskey, which Sam's about to pour himself some more of, comes from um, comes from America. So that's the first thing. Second thing has to be made from a grain, right? So that grain can be 
corn, it could be rye, it can be barley, it could be oat, it can be wheat, it can be just about anything. Third thing, it has to be distilled twice. It always has to be distilled at least twice. A lot of people think Irish whiskey has to be distilled three times. It's just the industry leader, Jameson, that has to be dis- that's distilled three times. All others only have to be distilled twice. Tullamore Dew is actually distilled three times also. Ah, very good. And then um, you fourth thing, you have to age it in wood. I didn't say new wood, old wood, just has to be aged in wood, typically for a minimum of two years. And then finally, for the chemical part of it, it can't be distilled at anything higher than 160 proof. Because if you distill something at, say, like 190 proof, you're basically making a vodka. So if you have any of your friends telling you that, um, oh, I can take a bottle of Tito's, pour it into a barrel, and if I wait two years, I have bourbon. No, you have barrel-aged vodka because vodka is distilled at a higher proof. So, um yep. And if you've noticed in the last couple of weeks, we've drank a couple of American whiskeys, and American whiskeys can be a little confusing. We drank a rye, and we drank a bourbon. So, Sammy, why don't you talk a little bit about the differences from American whiskey to bourbons and ryes and the like? Yeah, so basically, uh, in American whiskey, you have four types uh, of whiskey. Bourbon, wheat, rye, and American single malt. It must meet certain standards, if not it's the sixth type, which is just American whiskey, uh, which isn't a real quote unquote, a quote unquote real designation. Right. Um, anyway, so bourbon must be a minimum of 51% corn on the mash bill. A wheat whiskey must be 51% wheat, uh, kind of obvious. Rye, 51% rye. An American single malt must be a minimum of 51% barley. However, most scotch houses, actually all scotch houses, uh, single malt houses use barley. They're all 100%. And American single malt kind of realized, hey, if we want to compete with anything coming out of Scotland, we have to be at least the same mash bill and kind of do our own thing in terms of aging and everything else. So uh, most houses uh, for American single malts do use 100% malted barley. Um, what's the other major difference then for American whiskey? So they all must be aged in brand new charred American white oak barrels. Yep. Has to be that. Um, now, the rest of the world typically uses used barrels. Guess whose barrels they use? Ours. Ours. Because we can't use them more than once unless you're making any, quote unquote, American whiskey, in which case then you sell them to the Scotch houses. You sell them to the uh, the Irish houses, and they use, use our used wood first. Heck, they're even being sold to tequila and rum houses. Typically, um, you see a... Um, you see a, an Añejo tequila, they're normally being aged in what they call ex-bourbon barrels, which means it's a bourbon barrel that had bourbon once aged in it only one time. Correct. So uh, I always like to equate the whiskey to um, bread. So bourbon is like cornbread, think sweet. Wheat whiskey is like wheat bread, kind of neutral and soft. Rye whiskey is like rye bread, so a little peppery. And then, although it's made from barley, American single malt, uh, I tend to say, tastes like cereal, kind of like Cheerios. It's a, you know, very oaty. Yeah. Can I wrestle this back to football? Um, okay. Cardiff and Huddersfield. No. Terrible. No. That's, that's all. all. You, that, that's it. You're done. You're done. That's You're all. not allowed to that's talk about it anymore. You're finished. Terrible game. You're finished. I'll Horrendous. let you talk about the other ones, but not that one. That one we are not talking about. Huddersfield did have a red, though. Don't care. Uh, my first note says, ugly pub football. I'm going to go back to talking about whiskey. You stop it. And Leicester Southampton, then. Fine. Yes. 
Uh, Leicester two, Southampton one. Um, Southampton actually looked to come out of themselves a bit in the first half. They stretched uh, Leicester early, but Leicester, being the more experienced club, they tried uh, started to control the uh, ball a little bit better. But without Vardy, it was very hard to stretch um, the Southampton back line. Excuse me like they normally do to most teams. They're a very counterattacking side, and without the pace of Vardy, it was just tough. Iniacho is a different player from Vardy, still very good, but they need to figure out how to play with him in that different style uh, while Vardy's suspended from his red last week. Well, and then uh, Fulham and Burnley, very simple. Six goals. Just want to say, I told you so. You said Burnley was going to win. I told you Fulham was absolutely positively not losing that match. You also said Burnley was already qualified for the Europa League, and they weren't. Oh, okay. <laughs> they, they had a match on Thursday. <laughs> okay, very good. Um, yeah, this is kind of surprising, to be honest with you. I mean, Burnley is an airtight defense. Even when they lost last week, it wasn't by an extraordinary amount. You know, it was, what was it? One three, goal? One. Three, one. Okay, two goals, but... Um, they actually scored two in a game, which doesn't always happen either. Well, that's so there because are some, <laughs> Fulham does not know how to defend. There's You're going to see positives. a lot of like 3-3, three, 4-3 three, three games with Fulham this season. Yeah, there's also some positives to take. But Mitrovic, continuing his goal-scoring ways, did it in the championship last season. Uh, wasn't really given a proper chance at Newcastle before he went out on loan uh, to Fulham. And then Fulham acquired his services full-time uh, this summer. Uh, actually paid, the I think it was $7 million for him. Uh, but anyway, scored another two, and what a goal from John Michael Sari. Oh, that was a gem. Now in our new popular weekly segment, let's listen to Graham Bitch. We've got, oh, wait, hold on. You won. So, yeah, so no, I still got some stuff to say. Of course you do. You're a stupid gooner. Go ahead and bitch away. Arsenal 3, West Ham 1. Our back line is still... Shambolic, and we're lucky that we have the couple of games that we have coming up with teams that don't really like to attack. Um, and as long as Richarlison is not, uh, actually, Theo might hurt us when we play you at the end of September. That would be fitting. But anyway, uh, no Mesodozil for this match. Uh, quote unquote sickness, a mystery illness. They didn't elaborate. He's just sick, so he wasn't there. A sickness of not wanting to play. Yeah, I think that he was dropped by Unai Emery, if you ask my honest opinion, as he should have been for his terrible display. Um, so, I, Arsenal gave away a lot of city, uh, silly fouls in the beginning. It was a bit chippy. Um, West Ham scored the first goal uh, through Arnautovic from, uh, again, shambolic defending. And... Shambolic, that's the new word. Yeah, it was was bad. It was really bad. And I I don't want to sound like a six-year-old. That was really bad, Big Sam. (laughs) It was terrible. Uh, No business doing what he did. It was a great penalty. Power pace to the corner. Um, You know, what are you going to do with that? And they missed some sitters. West Ham in in the first half flat-out missed some great opportunities. And I think uh, Anultovich was certainly... um, robbed when he was called offsides because he was not offsides. He was definitely even and uh, even goes to the uh, attacking player. Yes. So um, didn't we get a question this week, finally? Like somebody actually spoke to us? Yeah, we did. Uh, A gentleman named Pat from Baltimore got in touch. Um, It's a two-parted question, actually. Uh, So the first part, do you see Ozil as world class? No. 
Okay, that's your opinion, nice I and concise. See, I see him as a world-class uh, look-alike to an alternative country singer from the 90s. <laughs> My opinion, which is a proper football opinion, is on his day, he can be. Consistently, no, he's not. For the last year and a half, two years, he hasn't been world-class. Um, he's turned in a display here or there where he scored a goal and created two others. But for a person in his position, likened to the great passers you know, of the last generation and Zinedine Zidane and some of the others, he should be doing that on a, you know, every other game at the minimum. And he's not three, three seasons ago, 19 assists since then seven and nine respectively. Yeah. It, it just, it hasn't been good enough from him. It really hasn't. He needs to conf- uh, to perform on a consistent basis. And it's just, it's a shame that he doesn't, it, it, he looks lazy, even though last season it was shown on the heat charts that he ran a bigger distance than Alexis Sanchez. But he does it in such a you know, nonchalant body language way that how can you really say that you care? I told you he yeah. rubs me he rubs me as a professional footballer that it's his job. He does not actually like playing football. Yeah, I mean I that actually makes a lot of sense for a change. Mm. Something that you said. <laughs> I like that. That's pretty good. <laughs> well, thank you. I appreciate it. I even got it. the producer to laugh on that one. Uh, and What's the, the second part? The second part of the question is, uh, does Tottenham have a legitimate shot to win the title? And I'm going to take the clear and concise one on this. Uh, no, they don't. <laughs> well, as the, what is it, the um, true pundit or trying to be a real broadcaster here, unlike you, um, I would say, unfortunately, no. I think that, as we've said a million times over, and we don't like saying it because it's a bought club, not a earned club, but City is clearly the best team in Europe right now. And Liverpool uh, has made all the right additions to their team. I guess a good analogy from uh, the NBA was how the how the Houston uh, Rockets created a team to specifically try to beat the Golden State Warriors. Now, it didn't work. But that was their idea. I kind of saw the same thing in Liverpool this season in the offseason was we're going to build a team that can beat Manchester City and win the title. Um, With those two teams being as good as they are, and I I can't help but think that that the Spurs just don't have enough in the tank to get through what is going to be a really grueling season um, and you could also, I could also very clearly see a team like them. Let's say they get to the quarters in the FA Cup, turn attention towards winning something, like just winning something, some kind of a cup. Yeah, they'll need a trophy. I don't think it matters really what it is this season, but they'll need something. They want to keep players. That's the case. Well, uh, Pat, thank you very much for the question. And yeah, everybody, cheers, man. Everybody, please uh, send us in stuff. Like I said, you have a question about alcohol, you have a question about soccer, we'll be more than glad to answer As a reminder, it's dufootballshow at gmail.com. Now it's time to show you what little we know. It's prediction time. Actually, I think we're both in the in the green right now. Uh, yes, and me better than you. Uh, so last week, Mr. Graham went six and four to improve his overall season record to eleven and nine. I went seven and three to improve my overall record to twelve and eight. And much like Everton against Arsenal, I'm just one stop, one spot above you on the table, Sammy, and I like it that way. 
I'll let that slide. Uh, what's the first game I'm supposed to predict here? Oh, so Saturday <laughs> Saturday morning early game, we have uh, Liverpool heading out to the King Power to play uh, Leicester. Yeah, so I said uh, before, they're not as fluid as they should be, Liverpool. Um, but I really do think they'll comfortably win this one. I don't think they're going to have the tools, uh, Leicester City, I don't think we'll have the tools to stretch uh, Liverpool the way they should. I think Allison is a good enough keeper that the back line will be able to keep Okazaki and um, Iniacho in in check. Uh, I think Liverpool walks out comfortable winners 2-0. I think Leicester gets a goal, but I'm, I'm with you. I'm thinking 3-1 Liverpool. All right, so the midday games has Huddersfield going to Goodison Park to face Everton. I'd like to say without Richarlison, y'all are going to, to fall flat on your face, but you're not. not Huddersfield's gonna... that bad. Um, I think they're going to go down the season. I think you walk out of there easy, uh, even without Richarlison, 3-0. Uh, ben Hammer is still in the net for um, Huddersfield Town. I think we definitely win two, and I'm going to say probably 3-0 also. <laughs> maybe maybe even 4-0. I think we could see a nah, thumping out no. of Everton. You know why season. no 4-0? Why? Because you don't deserve nice things. That's true. I am That's an why. Everton fan. We do not deserve nice things. Next game has um, Fulham, after putting four up on the board, heading out to the tight defense of uh, Brighton. Yeah, I. It's gonna. this one's going to be tough. This one's an interesting match for me. Uh, Fulham being away from home, Brighton will have you know their crowd there on the south coast at the Amex. They're tight defensively. They're organized. They can hit you on the break. They have Wiley operators up front and Pascal Gross and uh, Glenn Murray. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to be tight. It's going to be tough. I think if Fulham hits their stride with the way they played this past game and the confidence of beating that Burnley defense, yes, I know they've given up some goals already this season, but it's still Burnley. Teams are going to find confidence in that, especially newly promoted ones. Uh, I think you see Fulham you mean, walk you out of this Brighton. one 2-1. You said Burnley. You mean Brighton. What? It's Fulham playing Brighton. You said uh, playing Burnley. No, no, no. I'm saying oh. like with Fulham having beaten Burnley oh, and the, gotcha. the tight defense of Burnley. My apologies. Um, especially being a newly promoted club, yeah. uh, I see Fulham maybe nicking this one two one. Two one. I I see a two two draw in this match uh, simply because, like I said before, Fulham knows how to score goals. They also have no idea how to stop goals. I think, you know what? I think they are starting to figure it out um, because they do, again, th- that entire back line and the goalkeeper were brand new this season. The goalkeeper that won them the, cha- uh, not won them the championship, I'm sorry, brought them up from the championship through the playoffs um, is third choice now. Wow. <laughs> so we have uh, the Cherries off to a hot start as well. Uh, two wins, one tie. Going to three and zero Chelsea. Yeah, Bournemouth will take a lot of confidence from the start that they've had. Chelsea will also take a lot of confidence from the start that they had, especially already taking a scalp in Arsenal. Uh, I do believe, and also actually getting a, uh, you know, kind of a hoodoo out from under them, winning at St James Park, even though it was from an own goal. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think Chelsea is going to be too much for Bournemouth. I think the defense will figure itself out and stop Callum Wilson from scoring finally. Uh, and Chelsea's going to walk out of there 2 0. Well, uh, Callum Wilson did miss a, a complete sitter against us because clearly he needs to go through five guys in order to score goals, not be by himself inside the six to score goals. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
the cherries pull off their amazing comebacks at home. They don't do it on the road. Chelsea Very wins true. this one easily. I see it as potentially being uh, 3-1. Okay. Um, then, next up, we've got Southampton heading to Crystal Palace. Yeah, I, this is one of the ones that I might not watch this weekend. Um, <laughs> it has the potential to be just a kickabout. A lot of balls won and lost in midfield. It has the potential to be a really chippy kind of crap game. However, uh, I do think Wilfred Zaha will get three or four clear looks. And as long as they fall to him and not to, say, Benteke, who last year didn't score a goal until December. This year has yet to score a goal. Um, as long as they fall to the right person in Wilfred Zaha, I see Palace walking out 1-0 winners. I uh, Personally, I see a 1-1 draw in this one. I think it's going to be slow and sloppy and, like you said, certainly not worth watching. And then to finish out the midday games, we have Wolverhampton heading to London to play West Ham. I've got Wolves continuing the bright start to the season they've had. Um, West Ham has been woeful under Manuel Pellegrini so far. I don't think it's going to come good yet. I think the pressure is going to start to mount. I've got 2-1 to Wolves uh, here, and Pellegrini really does have his work cut out for him. The defense is a mess. I'm not a fan of Fabianski as a goalie. I have never really been a fan of Fabianski as a goalie. I see a 3-0 win in the favor of Wolves. I see I see them walking all over West Ham, and West Ham is in real pro- trouble right now. Yeah, with the amount of money they spent, though, I don't see Pellegrini being in the in the hot seat just yet. Yeah, no, I think he's going to have an opportunity to try to write, write everything. Yeah, but soon I, enough, I mean, you might see him either by Christmas or shortly after Christmas. If this doesn't fix itself, he might be out the door. So the late game has uh, the chippy Newcastle United heading to the champions, Manchester City, at the Etihad. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so the only thing I wrote down was uh, straightforward, no issue, 4 nil City. <laughs> I, I would say it's very hard to disagree with that. Although I think that because of the fits that Newcastle caused, um, caused Chelsea this past week, I see them doing the exact same thing to Aguero. I see it biting him in the ass, and I see him losing 2 nil. But I see this being a really slowed down, ugly game. I agree with you 100% that they're going to try to do that. However, City has too many weapons. Chelsea only has two or three players that can really score goals and score goals consistently. City has five or six. True. It's, it's going to be tough for anything to happen. So then... Sunday morning, we have the early game, which you'll be up for. I think I'm just going to take a nap and let you carry the load. <laughs> you don't want to visit Malaysia? Uh, no, I don't want to visit Malaysia. And um, I don't want to, uh, what is it, um, Zimbabwe? Who who the hell? <laughs> Kenya? Who Who's on your sleeve? Uh, Rwanda. Yeah. Visit Rwanda. Visit Rwanda yeah, on your sleeve. That's where we're at. So, All right, it's better than Angry Birds. So, <laughs> hey, at least mine is a business that makes money and not a third world nation. But, you know, hey, it's whoa, all right. Whoa. <laughs> Family show. Hey, mine's a make-believe place. It's great. <laughs> so, Arsenal traveling to Cardiff City. Um, shouldn't be a problem because Arsenal's issues really lie at the back. 
and Cardiff has nothing going forward. <laughs> so, shouldn't be a problem. I think it's a great match that we should probably drop Mustafi and blood in Mavropanos, mm-hmm. who I really like the way he played last season. Got a silly red card uh, at the end of the season when he when he got a place in the team. Um, but I, I really don't see anything other than a 2-0 Arsenal win. Uh, last time Cardiff were up, Aaron Ramsey scored. It was the team of his youth, uh, Cardiff City. Refused to celebrate. I think you see more of the same uh, this time around. Comfortable win for Arsenal, probably 65-70% possession. Easy. You don't think Cardiff's uh, ability to just hit long balls isn't going to be problematic for the defense that seemed to no, have had its problems? I don't, because it's not the long ball issue. The goals that we've conceded have been from players not tracking back. Runs not being tracked. You know, Mustafi let two players go uh, against Chelsea, um, and, and they made us pay for it. I, I, City, you know, had a had another player uh, run clean through, um, and nobody tracked him. So it's not really the long ball that bothers us. It's that little bit of football between midfield and defense, where somebody doesn't follow their man, and then everything goes to shit. So the uh, two midday games on Sunday. The first one has reeling Manchester United facing reeling Burnley. Yeah, at Burnley though. Um, mm-hmm. Last season's runners-up against the brand-new first-time-in-their-history Europa League team at their home stadium. With United in shambles at the moment, I really could see Burnley, who needs a point, nicking a point. I think it's going to be 1-1 here. I am actually going to go with 2-0 to United for no good reason other than I think the players are going to be so pissed off. They're just on natural talent alone are going to figure out a way to uh, score goals. And Burnley will keep it tight for the bulk of the game. But around, say, the 70-minute mark, you get like a Lukaku goal or just some, an ugly goal to make it one nothing, And then they just get that second right at the end in stoppage time as Manchester United is so opt to do. I could see that. The problem with, with that analysis, though, in my opinion, is as soon as a player starts to express himself for United, he's going to get subbed off. That's true. <laughs> yes. Josie, Josie's so, like, no, 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 wait, wait, wait. You we don't do place. that here. Yeah, you are no. a center back. You are not a striker, for crying out loud. You get behind that ball and you defend it. That's right, yeah. Oh, as, it, as and then Lukaku turns around and tells him to f off. <laughs> so no, uh, no Monday night football this uh, this upcoming week. But the final game has Watford, high flying Watford, traveling to Spurs. Yeah, at home and the recent run of form, uh, I think Watford will like their chances. They're going to come out and play. Um, Tottenham though will also be full of confidence after beating United three 0 on their own patch, which they haven't done. Uh, in quite some time, a couple of one nils the last few seasons at Old Trafford. Um, I think it's going to be too much for Watford. I think they're going to overpower them. Uh, some of the movement from Deli Ali and Harry Kane is very good. And as long, again, as long as they can stay fit, you know, their bodies have been through a lot of football. It's going to be a running theme. And I think you're going to finally see someone get hurt at some point, especially Watford, who likes to put a tackle in. Uh, you could see that happen in this game. Um, they're going to put up, Watford's going to put up a good fight, uh, but I got 2-1 to Tottenham in this one. Watford are the kings of the first five games of every Premier League season. I have said it. I'm going to continue to say it. Not a win, but they're getting a 2-2 draw. Yeah, well, that one point on your record here uh, that you're leading me by is about to be a four-point deficit, my okay, friend. Okay, I, I hear you, but uh, I, I know I'm right and you're wrong, so it's pretty simple. <laughs> we'll see what happens. So, 
Before the fun part of drinking in the parking lot, DU had a football match, and uh, Big Sam's going to tell us about it because I was playing in the game and didn't have a good vantage point. Uh, we lost. <laughs> I could I could start with that. It was uh, a tough, very gritty match. Uh, played a very physical team. In fact, uh, one of their players saw a red card right at the end of the match. And uh, we also added a few new players, but I think they're pieces to the puzzle that will make us an even stronger squad than we, uh, we are. Um, we kind of got the two tough matches out of the way. So the rest of the season really opens up for us. But in an eight-game season when we've already started the, um, the oh, I'm sorry, a nine-week season, where we've already started the season 02, we, we've dug ourselves a bit of a ditch. Um, one of our uh, more astute goal scorers just could not get the ball in the net that night and, and miss multiple shots. But I, I have to say, as a coach, I like what I saw. Um, I was a little disappointed that it was pouring down rain and we were only able to get in a beer or two before my soaking wet self had to go home. Yeah, it was raining a lot, wasn't it? Um, it was bad. The uh, adding a couple new players, we probably had 35, 40 shots, uh, at least towards the goal. Um, probably ten or fifteen of those were on target. Goalkeeper was very good. Um, we didn't pick our spots well. Didn't talk as much as we should have at the back. Let in a couple of soft ones, but uh, again, with the new players. We'll start to get used to each other. This season may or may not be a write-off. We'll see what happens in the uh, in the coming games. Um, but next season, we should be a force to be reckoned with without issue. It was it was one of those games, honestly, where we, we lost the match, but we all walk off the field and we're like, oh, yeah, we're going to look forward to playing you again because we're going to have your number. We're, we already Now we know what you're about. We've got gotcha. you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I completely agree with that. So, Sammy. Any parting words for our good people tonight, like the upcoming reg, uh, relegation battle between Manchester United and Arsenal? <laughs> Except for Manchester United's in trouble, we're not. We're, oh. we're Hey, you're only as good as your last result. We won. They <laughs> lost 3-0. You've only got three points, Sammy. You're one loss away from dropping right back down. When Cardiff beat you one nothing on and a long ball, actually, I mean, you're in we're trouble. above United on goal difference. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that. Um yeah, you know, this coming weekend is going to be interesting. There's a few matchups that uh, that kind of, you know, wet the palate a bit. Um, I'm excited about it. We'll see what happens, and uh, hopefully Arsenal can walk out again 2-3-0 no winners. That'd be nice. Well, everybody, thank you so much for again for joining us. For Sam Graham, this is Sam Houston, and I just want to let you all know, people, day drinking is a conscious decision. This weekend, if you're day drinking, take a photo and tag us. You are not alone. Cheers, guys. Have a good one. Goodbye. No, no, it's it's not. Don't say. 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 You say f too. She said f. He said f. Do you want to say f too?